I had some things in my heart um, about the peace of God. So I want to talk a little bit about that. I think that the older I get, the more I realize what a precious commodity peace is. It's just, and it's a little rare now in in our times to see people, especially people who don't know the Lord, in any kind of calm or state of rest or peace. Um, and so we want to share that with people that you can enter into the peace of God regardless of situation, circumstances, um, because Jesus is the Prince of Peace. And so I want to start with um, a couple of scriptures here. Um, let's look at Luke chapter 2. I know, again, y'all probably think he's just like on the Christmas story this year. <laughs> but but I, I was thinking about this years ago, Luke chapter 2. And uh, I think I was in a time of prayer, really. And this scripture came to me. Of course, we know all these scriptures is around Christmas time, but they're good for any time. Amen? Luke chapter 2, look at verse 14. And, um, well, let's look at 13. And suddenly there was with an angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. And when I heard that in my spirit, I heard, you know, peace on earth, and then goodwill. You know, God's word is good. His will is good. And and we need to, to know that for certain. His will is always good, isn't it? And that's how we can tell if the hand of the Lord's moving. It's because it's going to be good stuff. It's going to be good. And then there's going to be peace in the will of God. There's always peace in the will of God. Uh, the, the Bible says the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. So when you're looking for God in the situation, maybe in your life, if you're looking for his will or if you think maybe I'm not quite in his will or whatever, if you are, are you know, experiencing that and you think, where is it or what am I doing? Um, you know, those three characteristics, righteousness, peace and joy will guide you. Yeah. Um, if it's the right thing, if it's righteousness and then if there's peace there in your heart about it. And then that joy there, too. For instance, like if you're trying to find a church to go to, and there's so many wonderful churches, thank God. Ours is the best, but there are many (laughs) for us, right? (laughs) But there are many, and, you know, thank God. There ought to be a lot more churches. Um, But when you're looking for the right church, you know, if 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 you go into a service, there should be an element of peace in your heart. There should be some joy there. And then, you know, you should just know and have that knowing this is the right thing. This is the right place. So um, the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy. So peace, peace is really big with God. And um, so we see here as these angels, a multitude of angels announced what had just happened, that Christ the Lord uh, was born. Then um, they said all of a sudden there's peace on earth. Where Jesus is, there is peace. Where he is, there is peace. And so how does this, uh, uh, you know, how, how does this, uh, affect us or how, 
Let's look at Galatians chapter 5. Galatians the fifth chapter. And we'll see here all the fruit of the Spirit. But one of those fruit or results of God in us and God with us and uh, is peace. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 22. I mean, uh, Galatians, I'm sorry. Yeah, Galatians. We'll see. Chapter 5, verse 22. Thank you for your help. I love a church full of students. They know where the scriptures are. Okay, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, and that's actually faithfulness, meekness, and temperance. So these uh, are the fruit of the Spirit. And then um, the Bible talks about those things that are of the flesh. And um, uh, so we'll read a little bit of that because you can certainly turn on the TV and see some of these things. Let's let's read up on in verse 16, Galatians 5, 16. This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to another, so that you cannot do the things that you would. But if you be led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, unliness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like, of the which I tell you uh, uh, before, as I have told you in the time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Well, we just said what the kingdom of God is, righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. But the fruit of the Spirit. Now, these nine fruit um, are in you by the Spirit of God. They are present there. Now, we sometimes we have to intentionally tap into those things, but that's who you're made to be, these these fruit, these results of being led by the Spirit and the Spirit of God being in you. Love and joy and peace. Now those three things really are, are about in, inner peace. You know, there's, there's inner peace and there, there's external peace. Inner peace is really these three, love and joy and peace. And then we see long-suffering, gentleness, goodness really is, is more external because it's it's uh, relational, you know. Uh, I think the Amplified says that it's uh, kind, kindness, goodness, and um, patience. So those are how you would, would deal with other people in, in your life, right? Patience, kindness, and goodness. Very powerful. You know, that sounds like mamsy-pamsy kind of thing, but these forces of the Spirit are so powerful the Bible says that you can overcome evil with good. And so that's how powerful these fruit of the Spirit are. In fact, Jesus taught these things like, um, if somebody asks you to go one mile, go two. Um, if somebody, uh, you know, ask you to give them, you know, something, you give them your coat too. If, if somebody, you know, we talk about turn the other cheek. And, and so he taught a way of love that was so strong, even so much that you love your enemies. 
You bless them. Now listen to this. That persecute you. And, and, and so this was a new, this was a new way of thinking, um, because, you know, it was an eye for an eye for so long. And, and now it's the other cheek. It's like go the second mile. It's, uh, forgive. Forgive. Amen. And how can you do these things, especially when, when you are the victim, when things have happened unjustly to you? And I'm telling you, you live long on the earth and it's going to happen because there is an adversary. He is our opponent. The Bible calls him the God, little g of this world. And he, you know, he roams about seeking whom he may devour. So he's there, you know, but Jesus has given us so, so much insight on how to be the overcomers that we've been born to be. And one of these is, of course, uh, the fruit of the Spirit. They're so powerful. If we can just learn to lean on Jesus in these areas and where there's, uh, where there's, uh, when we're disturbed, then lean on that peace that's within and, and even in God's Word that brings peace to your soul. Amen. Where there's hatred, then let the love of God borrow His love. It's in you. That agape love is in you. And we can borrow some of, you know, I've said to the, to God, I, I cannot love these people. This, this is just over what I, I, there's just no way I can do it. What all, you know, has been done in time, times. And you probably have felt the same way before. Uh, but I said, but Lord, I'm going to borrow your love. And because I've got agape, which is unconditional love, then I can borrow that and love them with it. And then, you know, you start praying for people out of the agape, the unconditional love. And before long, you kind of have those love feelings again, you know, the human love. And um, and then, you you know, you it, it just such a powerful way to live um, with these fruit manifesting in your life. Because it's, it's way more than we, what we can do in our own humanness. You know, it's so powerful because it's the Spirit of God in us. And then we see these faithfulness, meekness, and temperance. And these would be more toward our relationship, you know, with each other and everything, but with God too. Our faithfulness to Him and our, um, teachableness, you know, being meek and teachable, letting the Spirit of God guide us and lead us. And then temperance, of course, we we, we call that self-control or self-restraint. And, and by His Spirit, we are able to do that. Thank God. Amen? Um, so peace is big. In fact, in Judges chapter 6, verse 24, uh, one of the names of God is Jehovah Shalom, which means... The Lord is peace. And that peace is an absence from strife. And we can live in that. Now we can be challenged daily to get upset, you know, with people we are around or just looking at the television. You can choose to be upset about these things that are surrounding us. But remember, the God, our God, is a God of peace. And so we can, uh, call on him to enter into that peace and maybe even spend a little more time with with peace 
to receive the peace for our souls. When Jesus was resurrected, he saluted his disciples. He came through the wall, you know, they, they had shut the doors and he came through and he greeted them with this salutation. It, it says, P, he said, peace be with you. Now he never said that before the resurrection, but after the resurrection, he said it three times right there together. Peace be with you. It must be important to have the peace of God. And shalom means uh, uh, harmony. It, it means wholeness. It means completeness. Shalom or peace means prosperity. Isn't that interesting? It means welfare and it means tranquility. Uh, and I believe our world today is looking for tranquility. You know, they, they come up with all the psychological ways to get people to calm down. You know, take deep breaths. I was telling David today, because I'm a, I'm a counselor, I'm a trained certified counselor. And, you know, so I know all the ways to try to help people in the natural. Calm down, you know, take breaths, take, you know, take a step back, go uh, for a walk in nature or, you know, exercise, you know, there's, there's things that you can do in the natural realm. And sure, that's like, you know, a little bit of a band-aid on it. But I'm telling you, the power of God and the peace of God that you can experience because of Him is the tranquility that we need. Amen? And, and you can see the world searching for it. They, you know, they're going into, to new age stuff and they're going into, uh, uh, Eastern religions and trying to find it. But His name is Jesus. The Prince of Peace. Amen. And there's no other peace like His peace. His peace is complete. It is fulfilling. There's harmony and wholeness. There's there's security and there's well-being. Amen? It's a beautiful thing. Now let me uh, give you a definition of peace I found today. It says, peace is a concept of societal friendship and harmony in the absence of hostility and violence. In a social sense, peace is commonly used to mean a lack of conflict, such as war, and freedom from fear of violence between individuals or groups. So you can see that this is something that we need all across our nation, even tonight. Amen. And uh, let's look at James chapter 4. Are you with me? Just a couple of more scripture. I don't want to keep you all night, but I think this is very relevant to us and to um, our prayers for our nation and our leadership right now. James chapter 4, and look at verse 1. From whence come wars, James 4, 1. From whence come wars and fightings among you? Come they not hence, even of lust that war in your members? Ye lust and have not, you kill and desire to have and cannot obtain. You fight and war, yet you have not, because you ask not. You ask and receive not, because you ask amiss that you may consume it upon your own lust. So here he's telling us, and then verse 7, Set yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Um, he's telling us a remedy to 
wars and fightings, etc. And that is asking God. Prayer, in other words. Prayer. And we see um, that in Philippians chapter 4, I was sharing this with a, a lady on the phone today that needed some peace. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. This is Philippians 4, 5. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God and the peace of God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. You won't lose your mind. You'll keep your mind. You keep your heart. And the Bible says, keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. So this unrest and turmoil and chaos within us, it's very dangerous to our emotional health and to our physical being. In fact, 80% uh, research shows and data shows that 80% of all physical illness comes from us. Now that's a lot. That's a high percentage, isn't it? So uh, we live in a pressurized world, you know. We live in uh, in a hostile, Pastor David says, hostile environment. It's true. There are demons everywhere. I think Brother Lester Sermall said they're thick as as gnats or something. Yeah. <laughs> demons. So there, there, yes, there is an unseen realm and there is darkness. And what the darkness wants to do is in John the 10th chapter, still kill and destroy. That's the job description of the devil and all of his cohorts. Three things. Steal, kill, destroy. So you see that working through mankind. If they allow the enemy to, to direct their life, the stealing, killing, and destroying. But Jesus said, I've come to give life and life more abundantly. Hallelujah. And that's where we want to live in his life, right? His a wonderful, abundant life. So let me read this in the Amplified in verse 6. It says, do not fret. This is Philippians 4, 6 in the Amplified. Do not fret or have any anxiety about anything. Now, don't you wish we could get to that place? <laughs> well, you know, it's it must be achievable because he said to do it. Sometimes I think it's a it's almost constant casting, you know, our care, because uh, especially in chaotic times that we've experienced the last six months or so, you you have to, you have to, it'll try to come back on you, you know, you'll cast it over and then before long you're worried again, you know, about it and you're thinking, oh, what's, what's this going to mean? What's this going to do? And I have learned uh, in my own life to, to cast it over on the Lord and then if it tries to come back, I'll just say out loud, I'll say, I've already put that in the in the Lord's hands. I've already given that to him. I'm not going to take it back. I am free from care. I am free from worry. I am free from anxiety. And just go about my day praising the Lord. It said rejoice in the Lord always. And and I have to say this. This is one thing I love about my husband. He is such a praiser. You know? 
such a worshiper. I mean, like all day long, he'll be singing or whistling or, you know, just loving God, just worshiping the Lord. And it's, you know, it's just such a a wonderful way to live is to put the praise of God in your mouth. And it alleviates this pressure of strife and fret and care and worry. Um, We'll continue reading. Do not fret or have any anxiety about anything, but in every circumstance and in everything, by prayer and petition, definite request. I used to, you know, go to a church years ago that they'd say, we're going to, we're going to do the unspoken request, you know, and I know that they were wanting to keep something confidential that maybe they couldn't share with the whole churches. Maybe that was it, but maybe not. But, you know, this is let your request be made known. Be made known unto God. You might not want to tell everybody on Facebook, or, but you need to say those requests to God out loud. And don't just think them. One, one uh, intercessor that I love reading after, she would say, turn your thoughts in prayers. Turn your thoughts into prayers. If you're thinking negatively, put that before the Lord and say, all right, what do I do about this? Or what is there a solution? If there's not, I'm going to put it on you and let you do the solution. Because with God, nothing's impossible, right? So you, you put it over in his hands if there's nothing you can do about it or nothing that he's instructing you to do about it. But turn those thoughts, you know, it's like a little mouse running around in your house. You capture him. And if you let just thoughts run around in your head uh, that are that are negative or or maybe even against yourself, you know, uh, uh, or or maybe even against others, just let them run loose. Uh, eventually, there's going to be some action that goes along with the thinking. So you want to capture those thoughts that are in opposition to God's word, and, and talk to God about it. Say, you know, Lord. This is what I've been thinking. And I know it's not right thinking. So help me with this. And you know, he'll help you. He'll give you new thoughts or new words today. Amen. I've just had such amazing things that God's told me to do and to say when um, when I ask him, when I just let my request be made known. So it says in the Amplified, by prayer and petition and definite request with thanksgiving, continue to make your wants known to God and God's peace shall be yours. God's peace shall be yours. When? When you just continually let those things go to him. And it says that tranquil state of soul assured of its salvation through Christ. Don't you love that tranquility? And so fear nothing from God and being content with its earthly lot, whatsoever sort that is, that peace, which transcends all understanding, shall garrison and mount guard over your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And then he talks more about your thinking. He says, uh, what in this beautiful verse, finally, my brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, Think on these things. So he he's telling us how to think. Amen? How to think. Glory to God. Think like God thinks and you'll have the mind of Christ. Now, so I want to just uh, 
to take you to Proverbs chapter 6 because I want us to see the severity of the opposite of peace, turmoil and strife. And, and we know James says uh, where there's envy, there's strife, there's confusion in every evil work. So we don't want to to participate in that. Amen? We don't want to get in that and participate in that because we certainly don't want every evil work in our lives. And I just believe demons get involved with strife. They love strife. If you want demons out of your house, turn on some praise music. Turn on some worship music, amen? And let that, let because you know who loves that? The angels of God. The angels of God love the praises of the people of God. And God comes and inhabits in our praises. So, uh, but envying and strife is very dangerous. Now look at Proverbs chapter 6. Proverbs chapter 6 and look at verse 16. These six things did the Lord hate. Yea, seven are an abomination unto him. Now, you know, we might have our own list of things that we think God hates, but this is his list. A proud look, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked imaginations, feet that be swift and running to mischief, and a false witness that speaks lies. And he, now this is the seventh thing, that soweth discord among brethren. It is so dangerous. And really, it's how Satan fell from heaven. Because he got in strife with God. He wanted to be like the most high God. Pride. And then we know pride comes before a fall. So let's end this tonight with Second Thessalonians chapter 3. Back in the New Testament we'll see this. Second Thessalonians. Well what do we do if we've been hurt or if we've been unjustly treated? Well you know there's a lot in the word that says God will take up your case for you. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. And so I have learned that if I just put things in God's hands, sometimes I'll say, Lord, did you hear what they said to me? (laughs) Did you see what they did to me? And certainly he knows and sees, but I just want to make sure that uh, you just saw that, right? And then I don't have to uh, uh, take up for myself. I don't have to... uh, um, you know, uh, take revenge in my, my life and, and be aggressive or even be passive aggressive. I'll get them one day and oh, I'll never forget them for doing that. I'll never, you know, I'll never, I might forgive, but I'll never forget. Well, you know, come on. So, uh, but you know, when you, when you let the Lord handle things, sometimes he'll really surprise you with what he does with people. Sometimes they get born again. And fill with the Holy Ghost. How about that? God doesn't kill them. Sometimes they get, you know, gloriously saved or they, or they'll even get under conviction a little bit and call and say, you know what? I shouldn't have said that. Or, or down the road sometime, God might use them mightily in your life. I've had that happen. So, um, it just pays to go God's way with these things. Amen. And just, just follow what he says in this peace walk, in this love walk, and in this life uh, walk of joy. So let's close with this. Second Thessalonians 3. Look at verse 16. And this is what I'm declaring over us tonight and over our city and our state and our nation. Amen? 
Now the Lord of peace himself give you peace always by all means. The Lord be with you all. Hallelujah. What a powerful declaration we can make over our city, over our state, and over our nation. Amen. And you know, you can make that over yourself too. Peace. I am a peaceful person. I walk in the peace of God. Amen. And I am calm and I am at rest. And things don't bother me because God is on my side. He's backing me up. Amen. And I can be a happy little critter and let God take care of the hard stuff. Amen. Well, let's stand up and we'll pray. Father, we thank you for this evening service. I thank you, Lord, for everyone watching by live stream as well. I thank you, Lord God, for your peace that you've so beautifully given us through Jesus Christ, our Lord. That now we have peace like a river can flow forth and it keeps our hearts and minds and it also flows forth to other people. And I thank you for the homes tonight. They're full of peace. I thank you for our city, Lord, our state, our nation, the peace of God that passes all understanding. I thank you, Lord. We thank you for it, Father. We thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. And you said in First Timothy, you said in, in chapter 2, that we pray for all those who are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life. So it, once again, we lift up our president tonight. We lift up our vice president. We lift up all those who are in uh, any places of authority, in the government across this United States of America. We thank you for them. We ask that you give them wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you direct their minds, their words, their actions in Jesus' name, that they know exactly what to do to bring the peace of God, the awakening of God, the move of God across this nation. We thank you, Lord. We thank you for it. We thank you, Lord God, in Jesus' name, amen.